Hi, this is Tom Harvey, the Economy Guy. This podcast is all about macroeconomics. It's what's going on in the world around us and what it is can possibly do for us or to us. And welcome. This is an educational show. I want to just give you facts, figures, and some of my opinions so that you can make your own personal informed investing decisions. It is Sunday, April the 19th, and this is the Economy Guy coming to you with this last week's wonderful news. Here is the markets, first of all. The Dow Jones 30 ended up at 24,242. That's up about 500 points for the week. Uh, pretty good, pretty interesting. The reason it was up rather than down, my opinion, is that uh, we had a lot of positive news. The uh, President came out with a plan of how we're all going to go back to work and everything will come back to normal sometime. And at least there's a a three-phase plan and uh, everybody's jumping on the bandwagon and saying, isn't it going to be great? And and, uh, But more importantly, the Fed has been pumping money like it's uh, going out of style. So that's the real reason the market's going up. Uh, And uh, I consider this the eye of the storm. We have seen a bad leading edge of the storm. That's called the virus. We're in the eye of it. We don't know where the end of it is. But we do know that there's going to be another side of this storm as we come out of it. And that side of the storm could be worse than coming into it. And it's the economic side. So nobody's really faced the economic, uh, the economy of what's going on with the virus. The uh, 10-year Treasury notes at 0.65, that's down slightly. Um, uh, even though interest rates are down low and near zero, auto loan interest rates are going up. They're between 14 and 17 percent, four and 17 percent, depending on your FICO score. If you're a, a 720 to an 850, you get four percent, but if you're a 580 to a 589, you get 17 percent, and if you're less than that, you don't get anything. Uh, oil is 18 dollars and 12 cents, that's down, down, down. Uh, that's a wow. There is uh, just too much oil around. Even though we have a deal was cut to uh, eliminate 9.7 million barrels per day, less production, the U.S. inventory storage is almost full. It's uh, got about five weeks to go before we have the U.S. storage full. Normally, there's 100 weeks that you can put a worth of oil production you can put in there before it's full. So it's darn full with only five weeks to go. Um, and the solution that our president came up for oil to keep prices up is to leave it in the ground and pay oil producers to not pump oil. That's similar to our uh, farming thing of telling farmers don't grow something. Gold, sixteen ninety-five. That's 10 bucks up for the week, but it hit and well above 1700s closed almost the entire week above 1700 uh it was a phenomenal time for gold uh we i have a whole section i'm going to tell talk to gold about with you so hang on with that one uh i think gold just has gone too high too fast it uh it has now penetrated the 1700 mark that'll mean it's and it's now come down below it but it it can easily go through it again now that it's closed many days above 1700. So the next stop is really 1800. 
uh, it'll it may go down to into the 1500s before it bounces back up again. Who knows in this because when things go up and down, I think it's going to go down before it'll go up. Right now, I predicted it would go up uh, last time, and it sure did, much to everyone's pleasure. The VIX, the fear index, was 38, down slightly, roughly the same as it was before. Everybody's still uh, afraid and should be. Okay, hey, what am I going to talk about the rest of this uh, today's thing? I'm going to talk about the virus a little bit, and I'm going to talk about oddball things. People kind of enjoy the oddball stuff. And uh, Europe, I'm going to talk about what's going on in Europe a little bit, and I'm going to talk about the market, and I'm going to talk about the uh, gold. I have a whole section on gold and then my conclusions. So that's kind of it uh, for the first section. Hang on, and I'll be right back. It's back again, and we're going to talk about the virus now. What is going on with the virus? It's all good news with the virus. That's hard to believe. I mean, there's a contradiction in terms, isn't it? There's a bend in the curve. Uh, that sounds like we're driving down the road the wrong way. Plan to get back to work. There is a plan, and we're going to get back to normal eventually. I don't know how many years that'll be. It'll be eventually. Um, that's all good news. I mean, it really is. It's optimistic, and people wanted some optimism, and that's it. Now, here's something interesting. That's Vice President Pence has said that there's a new test coming out, and they're going to produce it at the rate of 20 million tests per week they're going to pump out so people can have it. And that test will show if you have had the virus or if you are immune to the virus. Now, think about that for a while. Just think about that. Ah, I mean, I, I don't understand this virus because some. Times I've heard people have had the virus, but they still have the virus. Uh, what does that mean? That means they're still contagious. Uh, oh, that's not good. So having know you had the virus isn't necessarily great. Having knowing you have the virus is important, though. The uh, how about knowing you are immune? I didn't know you even could be immune. I don't think you're immune because you had the virus. I think you're immune because of your genetics or predisposition or some other virus you've had in the past. That's kind of cool, though, to think that you might not ever get this virus. Okay, let's go on. The Ford Motor Company is planning a solution for the virus. They are going to have their workers wear a wristband so that when two wristbands get within six feet of one another, they vibrate. Now, that sounds kind of brilliant. It's a simple, effective solution for social distancing. That's good. Um, Apple and Google are working together, and... Uh, going to create an app that you have to opt in for or not. It's a choice that your choice, they say, except when they work with police, I think, uh, to alert people who have come to be too close to someone that's infected. So when a person A is infected, a person B, person B's cell phone gets too close to person A at some point in time, like the last 14 days, they'll get a message from Apple, Google, and... Uh, be told to uh, watch it, be careful, bad things are coming. Uh, well, that's kind of good. I mean, that's a step forward, too. Uh, how about it? This is interesting. Now, Boeing is planning to restart their military aircraft work in Washington State. That's really good. But uh, they're not starting restarting their civil airline production, which is their main source of income. Military, but at least they're getting people back to work. So some people to go back to work. 
But here's an amazing one. Think about this one. The entire nation of India, which is a hell of a lot more people than the United States, is going to restart everything this coming Tuesday. Uh, everything. That's a, uh, uh, wait a minute. Wow. Everybody's going to, Tuesday, well, watch that spot. I mean, what, are Indians immune for the virus? What the heck's going on here? I don't get it. Well, anyway, hang on. Next comes the oddball stuff, which is always amusing. It's oddball time. Let's find out what the oddballs are for this last week. They're fun. Did you know that every American is streaming eight hours a day? Uh, I heard that and I read it and I said, that's crazy. I mean, if you're working, you're not streaming unless you're, you know, goofing off. So, I mean, this must be people who are cooped up at home. But eight hours a day, where did they get this number from? That's a lot. I mean, people would have strained eyeballs or something. That could hurt. But that's an, there's a statistic for you for what it's worth. Do you remember the last odd, last week's oddballs? I talked about the uh, CDC saying when a cruise ship came into a port, they had to uh, quarantine their passengers for 14 days before they could fly. Well, and I said that was crazy. It wouldn't work. Well, guess what? The CDC has reconsidered. <laughs> they realized, they must have listened to this podcast. They realized it was not going to work. So you know what they've decided instead? They're not going to allow a cruise ship to come to any U.S. port for the next two months. Oh, that solves the problem. There's nothing that can go wrong with that one. Woo. Here's, uh, here, here's it. If you're a mortgage broker, there, you'll understand this. Uh, the housing mortgage overlays are worse today than they were in the worst part of the uh, 2008-9 housing meltdown. What that really means in layman's terms, is things like, uh, you know, the FICO score requirement that you need in order to get a certain type of loan, like a, re you know, cash out refi or whatever it is that's going on. Uh, the uh, requirements are stricter today than they were at the worst time of then. So uh, what does that mean? That's a red flag to me. Red, red, red flag. Here's one. If you're an FDIC bank, and most banks are an FDRC bank, this is a lovely one. You're going to love it. They do not need to have an appraisal when they give in a mortgage. When they, they can approve a mortgage, but the appraisal has to be done within three months after that. Now, what could go wrong with that thought? Oh, yeah. What happens if the appraisal doesn't come in right? What happens if the value changes? What happens? I don't know. I don't know. Somebody's going to lose a lot of money on that deal. Oh, did you know that the... Uh, Chase Bank now requires a 20% down and a 700 FICO score, credit score, in order to get any mortgage. That uh, restricts people buying houses completely uh, if that expands. And it's starting to expand, incidentally. That was, they, they made the announcement. A few other people are starting to follow. Next week, I would expect a lot more people to follow that. Ah, if you also remember uh, last week, I talked about uh, Fannie Freddie uh, requiring that mortgage servicers pay them the money they owe them. And even though there's going to be, they're not going to get paid themselves because people are not making payments. Well, there's this uh, wonderful guy called Director Calabria, who was the head of uh, Fannie and Freddie, who's insisting on this. And uh, But the Senate and the House have written a letter 
to the Treasury Secretary and said, oh, we've got a problem. And so the Secretary said he's going to take, make a phone call to, to the Director Calabria and fix it. Uh, something probably will get done about that, but isn't it interesting to watch the world go by? What the hell is this director thinking about? I don't understand that. He's really screwing the pooch here because he's going against what every other person in the government is doing. Ah, Now, here, how about banks themselves? Did you know that banks have re increased their bad loan reserves $20 billion this last week? And it's going to get a lot bigger than that because people are going to have to default. Oh, yeah. Well, that was a kind of negative oddball news at the end of that, and I apologize for the oddball part of that. But uh, negative is unavoidable right now. Next coming up is going to be Europe, which is always fun. When I say Europe, I mean Italy, because Italy is the key to the future of Europe today. That's firmly in focus. Why do I say that? Well, let's look at the Italian government. Uh, first of all, throughout Europe, Europe has a whole bunch of parties in every nation. It, we in the United States have a two-party system, but they have a multi-party system. And uh, there are so many parties. But anyway, there's a coalition, meaning more than one party government, most most of the uh, governments of Europe have coalition governments. Uh, and in Italy, there's a coalition. And there's the, the Prime Minister Conti's party is coalesced with the Five Star Movement. And uh, that's not a marriage made in heaven by a long shot. And uh, anyway, the Five Star Movement party leader has said that they will pull the plug on their coalition. That means bring down the government. Uh, if Conti agrees to use uh, the ESM funds that uh, rumor has it he has agreed to use uh, for 240 billion euros, that's a lot of euros. Uh, but having Italy come to an election quickly uh, because of a lack of coalition is not good. All right, I don't think it's good anyway. Uh, Italy's now closing their ports to migrants again. Uh, this new government, Conti's government, opened them up. It, the prior government to Conti's had it, Salvini's party, uh, had them closed down because they were anti-migrant. And uh, But Conti was uh, doing a deal with the EU and opening them up again, but now they're closing them because the virus is making it kind of dangerous to have migrants coming through. Here's a poll. I love polls because they're so inaccurate. 49% of Italians want out of the EU. That is huge, 49%. 27% of Italians like the EU. You know what that means? <laughs> the Italians like the EU more than Americans like Congress. Oh, my God. Oh, that's hilarious. That really is. Oh, well, but uh, that kind of gives you a feel for what people are leaning there right now. Another thing that's going on throughout Europe, uh, the Schengen area. How many of you know what the Schengen area is? Well, uh, kind of the heart of Europe is a group of countries that came together called the Schengen Area, and they decided they'd bring all their borders down so you could just drive across from one country to another without going through a border, just like going from state to state in the United States. And uh, and that worked out really, everybody loved it. I mean, that was really good. It was good for trade, it was good for travel, it was good for vacationing, it was good for everything. It was 
it was good, period. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, well. Uh, it looks like uh, they're closed now because of the virus. Everybody got nervous and they shut the borders. And it uh, looks like they're going to be closed through September. That's a long time. And that's according to uh, rumors from Macron, the president of France, and the EU president. They are saying, keep that border closed. And uh, my interpretation is that's another major weakness in the European structure, the European Union structure. If you have closed borders, uh, what does Europe mean? If you, you know, the, the standard thing the young people of Europe say, we are European, they don't say I'm German, I'm French, I'm Italian. Well, a lot of more of them are actually saying that now. But the but the uh, to be European means uh, no borders, most definitely. So I would say there's a weakness in this EU structure coming. And uh, but I keep pointing at Italy as being the heart of the heart of the dagger. That uh, if it, this is going to fall apart, your uh, Italy may be the uh, linchpin. Be talking to you in a second. And here comes the economic news for this last week. Now, jobless claims, we talk about that every time. Well, this last week, jobless claims were 5.2 million more people are unemployed. That makes a total of about 22 million people over the last four weeks. And now let's do some math. That's 22 million people out of a total of about 155 million people who work in the United States. That's about 15% of the workforce have claimed unemployment. Now, that number has to be low. Uh, there are people that can't claim unemployment who are not working, but who were working. Let's take as an example gig workers. That's kind of a millennial thing, right? I mean, us old timers are, uh, don't understand that. You know. But anyway, gig workers. Uh, the num percentage of gig workers out there is like 20 to 30% of that workforce are gig workers. They work one to three jobs uh, part-time. In order to claim unemployment, did you know that you have to have a W-2 or at least a 1099? And uh, many gig workers do not get that. I mean, some might even be paid under the table. Goodness gracious. But, oh well. Uh, they can't uh, get into these numbers. So I think the number's low. It's uh, much higher than 15%. Uh, manufacturing output is the same today as it was in 1946. Hey, that was just when we finished the war. That was the year after the World War II. Uh, uh, that's low. You know, what? when we stopped making things and we started making other things, we stopped making tanks and started making cars. And, but uh, that means we weren't producing a lot then. And it's worse now. That just says, hey, things are shut down. Did you know that New York State manufacturing, the stuff the amount of stuff made in, by manufacturers in New York State, is the lowest ever. Big red flag. Red flag, red flag. Another red flag. I love red flags. This is another one. So, Did you know that fund managers, those people who uh, invest your money, if you're uh, one of those people with money, um, are running a substantial cash balances today? Now, why would they be doing that? Uh, think about that for a second. Why would they want to have a lot of cash around? Well, uh, in my opinion, they'd like to have a lot of cash around. I mean, uh, generally, if, you, if there's a lot of volatility and you think the market's going to go down, you go to cash. You uh, sell your stuff. You would have the cash. You wait for it to go down. You buy it down low. 
that's the classic reason. I, I don't think there's any better reason than that. So I think that's what's going on. Did you know back in 2008 when they had quantity, the first quantitative easing that the Fed was buying assets, a total, the total assets they bought over a multi-month period was $120 billion worth of stuff. They were treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. Those were the assets. But $120 billion, that's the number I want you to have. Did you know how much they're buying today in today's quantitative easing? $70 billion each day. Just think about that. $120 billion in several months or $70 billion every day. I wonder which one's worse. I don't know. Okay. And then let's think of our poor neighbors. Uh, emerging markets, that was a, that's the third world. Uh, there is a cash and money outflow coming from there. In other words, people are scared. They're bringing their money out. People who have invested in the third world are pulling it out and bringing it home. And it's a huge amount of money. So have consideration for the third world. They're in deep trouble. Deep, deep trouble. Next, I'm going to give you a special update on gold. Here's gold. Now, I'm going to go through this pretty fast, so pay attention. Gold, uh, the amount of gold going into ETFs is the highest ever. There was 151 tons of gold which was purchased by ETFs uh, in March. And that's compared to uh, in the last 12 months, including March, it's 659. So that's uh, amazing. That's the highest ever big red flag. Something's going on with gold. ETFs hold over 92 million ounces of gold. That's more than ever before. Nether, big red flag. They're holding more gold. That means people are buying gold. Gold mines are shut down. They're not producing gold because of the virus. That's not an essential industry, is it? So we have a supply issue going on with gold. So we have high demand, low supply. Interesting. Uh, in the first quarter of 2020, there was a $23 billion worth of gold purchased. Uh, I want you to think about that. $23 billion, that's not much. $23 billion is not much. Not much when you're talking about trillions of dollars that's out there. Uh, people have not, have still not started moving into gold in a big way. That's just kind of the proof of it, the $23 billion in the first quarter of this year. Okay, here's what's going on in gold. I want to talk about it. It is in backwardation. Though anybody know what backwardation is? Oh, well, jeez, I don't know. We have, we have to let's talk about futures. The futures market. If you buy the futures market of gold or any commodity, future, any kind of future, it has a date associated with it. It's like a this month or the next month or the following month. Or the, every month has a a future you can buy. It has a time on it. That's when in the future expires. It's expired, expiry date. So um, what's happening is that the, uh, and normally uh, on all commodities, on all everything, the further out it goes in time, the higher the price is. It kind of goes up, up with price. Okay, but right now the close-in date for like June gold is selling for more than a later further out contracts. That's called backwardation. In other words, something's backwards. Uh, and why? Well, people are having a hard time getting hold of gold, so uh, they're buying near months. Why are they buying near months? Well, because they, the, the, I believe it is because there is a bunch of people who have shorted gold. They have sold short in contracts, okay, which means they have to deliver gold at the end of that contract. And uh, they're having a hard time getting the gold, so the only other way out is to buy that near-term contract themselves 
and that pushes the price up in the near-term contract. That creates backwardation. So that's a shame. Uh, they're losing money, but it's uh, the price is going up, and that's what happens to shorts when the price goes up. You get it in the shorts. That's what happens. Yeah. Oh, well, also there's a shortage of 100-ounce bars in New York. See, when New York banks deal with gold, they deal with it in bars, and each bar is 100 ounces. But in London, they deal with bars also, but their bars are 400 ounces. And so if you need gold in New York, because people are demanding gold, they have to ship it over from London. They have to melt it down. They have to report into four, from one bar to four bars. And then they have to stamp it and all that and weigh it and make sure it's wonderful. And then they can use it. That takes time. Uh, and because it takes time, it doesn't happen fast. Um, so that having that shortage also kind of uh, makes things a little backward. And, uh, and also the virus is slowing everything down, I might add. You want to melt gold down with your friends? I don't think so. Why, uh, well, why is there a demand for gold? What's going on today? Well, it's very simple. Uh, there's low interest rates. Uh, if you hold gold, you know, gold doesn't pay any interest. So if you, if you have a comparison of a pile of gold that pays no interest or the same amount of money in a bank that pays a lot of interest, you'd probably put it in a bank. But if the bank is paying nothing and gold is paying nothing, you might as well have gold, and that's what's going on. Uh, there's currency debasement going on. We all know that uh, with all the stimulus and uh, the Fed buying themselves uh, crazy. And uh, global uh, supplies uh, will uh, be local, or they're moving to local. And, uh, and we are going to release inflation. We are going to have inflation. Uh, inflation is good for gold because gold just simply holds its value. So, be talking to you in a second. Back again. Here's my conclusions from last week. First of all, a shout out to two Steves uh, who are listeners to this podcast. I want to thank them both for the information they sent me. It was uh, thought-provoking and uh, useful, very useful. Okay, uh, Economic shocks, like we're having, affect human behavior. I think everybody's seeing it happening, and it's uh, really going to happen. But here's the positive side of that coin, and that is everyone that's listening should look for the American entrepreneurial spirit to lift us out of this, to be doing things that will uh, provide solutions to the problems we're facing today in lockdown that we couldn't even imagine yesterday or tomorrow. Uh, people are, are smart, and they're going to be using their smartness in a lot of good ways. I love, I love that entrepreneur spirit. Uh, the Fed is pumping like there's no tomorrow, right? So I want to give you a, uh, a, a thought to think about this. Imagine a, a tire on a car with a big hole in it, and the Fed is pumping air in that tire as fast as they can pump that air in because it keeps the car moving. It's important to keep that car moving. Well, guess what? They can't stop pumping. Well, that is the message I want you to take away. The Fed cannot stop pumping. They will pump forever. That's uh, where we are today and for the foreseeable future. I can't see it stopping. Uh, next thing, uh, economists out there, they use economic models. Uh, they love models. God bless them. 
However, we've never been in this situation before, so all of their models are El Stinko. Uh, don't trust any models. Don't trust any predictions. They're all just guesses. That's the best way to look at what anyone says. Uh, we used to have some good models in the good old days. That was pre-virus days that could predict some things. There were bluebird events that would come along, but basically could predict, predict things. Here's uh, something to think about, a uh, little, little reminder. If, you, if, you're, if the market falls 33%, it has to go up 50% to get back to where it was. This is just mathematics, folks. So uh, don't be fooled by the math. Okay, uh, and I'll leave you with this little tidbit. If the Fed and Congress are making things worse in the long run by printing money, spending money, printing money, spending money, spending money, 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 making the debt much bigger, it will, the good news is, it will accelerate us toward the final solution to that debt problem. You can count on that one, too. Take it to the bank. This is the Economy Guy saying bye. Look forward to talking to you. Thank you for joining us. Please hit the subscribe button on your podcast reader to get future podcasts. This is Tom Harvey. I am an investor myself, not a financial advisor. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as advice or a solicitation to trade, and we disclaim any responsibility for any negative effects of actions people might take.